It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, I hope you're doing all right today. Uh, we got a busy show scheduled for you today. Uh, I want to apologize. Yesterday, for some reason, uh, we had uh, some technical difficulties, uh, which uh, caused us to... Uh, uh, end up uh, not really having uh, the show. I mean, we did it. We were, we was there. We was here and used words. And that's uh, thanks to YouTube. You know, our stream uh, that they handled uh, got tossed in the turlet. I don't know. But today's show, she's being brought to you by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent slice of pizza. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Sea Palms Resort, and our next event, our next Billy C. Boxing event will be taking place uh, August 25th and 26th at the beautiful Sea Palms. We have a two-day event scheduled. Uh, it'll uh, feature meet and greet. We've got some celebrities coming. Former world champion Bobby Chez will be there. Former heavyweight world champion uh, Mike Weaver will be there. And then some more. My man Sherman Henson, uh, a well-renowned uh, trainer out of Tampa, Florida. He'll be there doing a demo. So uh, you don't want to miss this event. Two-day event. Uh, get a hold of the Sea Palms. Get your package today. Uh, it includes uh, the fight. We'll be uh, showing the uh, uh, joke of a fight called uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. We'll be showing that. Plus, we'll be doing uh, one of our shows. Sal and I will be uh, uh, filming uh, an event that you guys will be part of. We're doing a golf outing. We're going to have a meet and greet. We're going to have food. We're going to have fun. And we're all going to swing by and crash Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria because you guys all got to taste that stuff. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so make sure you get a hold of Sea Palms and book your time now. Just visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the Sea Palms banner. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy right now. While you're watching or listening to the show, just go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Now, I used to say, find out why we got a five-star rating across the board, but I got some jaboni that went out there and gave us a bad rating, uh, and uh, I actually responded, 
the guy was uh, criticizing me for not uh, writing uh, about uh, Tom Molino's uh, uh, childhood and before he was a boxer. Uh, but the uh, ignorance of this person uh, uh, really came through because there is no information uh, on him. And, uh, you know, I took it personal. I did respond, but nonetheless, uh, it is uh, a great read. Hey, I wasn't set out to uh, win any writing awards. I went, I, the whole reason of the book was to uh, educate you on Tom Molino. And uh, we certainly did that. So uh, get yourself a copy today. If you're looking to get a signed copy, visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book, which you can't miss. Uh, don't forget, we are uh, simulcasting on Facebook Live. So if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, make sure uh, you uh, come on over to the chat room that we respond to. And that's up on billycboxing.com. Coming up a little bit later, we got Dax Khan uh, going to give us uh, his thoughts on the uh, 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 World Boxing Super Series, which I love. The seating has been set. Um, we're going to give you. We're going to catch you up on some stuff that we did yesterday, including reading the emails that we read yesterday. Uh, since yesterday's show pretty much uh, uh, ended up uh, being uh, ruined, unless you uh, were listening uh, live. Uh, but uh, the truth of the matter is, is uh, today's topic. Uh, we're picking up where we left off yesterday. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather, the guy who says uh, he's the best ever, self-proclaimed the best ever, uh, really uh, pats himself on the back for being uh, so smart. So smart. Floyd thinks he's such a smart guy. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, not so much. Not so much. Because anybody, even with a little teeny peanut brain, uh, knows that uh, you got to pay your taxes. All right? You got to pay your taxes. And the bottom line is, you got to pay them on time because if you don't pay them on time, they really nail you uh, with uh, uh, some penalties and fees. Well, uh, Floyd Mayweather apparently claims he can't pay his taxes. He made $200 million against Manny Pacquiao two years ago, and he's, he's broke. He says he, he's got everything uh, tied up, no cash around to pay his taxes, and he's trying to have uh, the IRS wait uh, until uh, after the McGregor fight so he pays his taxes. Now, remember... These are taxes that are due from several years ago. He's been doing this. There's a trend all the way back to 2000. You can see that he hasn't paid uh, taxes on time. So if I'm the IRS, do I think that he pays the taxes? Then what about the taxes he's going to owe on the McGregor fight? I don't know. It's not looking good for Floyd. Joining me right now, my man, Sal, Rocky, Senecola, and Sal, Floyd Mayweather. He's getting knocked out. You know, Floyd Mayweather brags about not being beat, not being stopped. Not losing a fight, but the IRS got him against the ropes, man. They're working him over heavy, brother. What do you think? <laughs> I think, wow. I think you're right. I think uh, he's got to definitely get some serious accounting in order and uh, hire some good accountants that uh, just don't want to rip him off. But, uh, yeah, that should be all taken care of. And, I mean, I mean, he, he should have allotted at least just to be safe. Whatever you make, you should keep about 50%. Uh, and believe me. Billy, I learned from my own experience, you know, with with uh, government taxes that I've owed in the past. And, you know, if you don't keep at least 50 percent aside for what you've earned uh, to pay taxes, I'm not saying it's going to cost the whole 50 percent, but at least between accounting and everything else, 
you should have enough money to uh, to earn, uh, to pay taxes. I mean, on top of income tax, he's paying capital gains, he's paying this, he's paying that. So he's got he's got a lot of things going on. So uh, I think he needs some serious counseling. And um, the IRS will wait. They're patient. If they know there's a there's a, a, a golden rainbow at the end of the end of the end of the day, uh, they'll let him go ahead with the McGregor fight. But they'll probably tie up all the funds to well, let, allocate it, it accordingly. They're going to let him wait. You're right. And then he'll owe for this current tax year they, going forward on the income he's earned for the fight. They're going to let him wait because they they charge more interest and higher rates than a loan shark down on the corner. I mean, uh, come on. You know, you know, I remember. Hey, I'll admit I, I, I you know, I was talking to you off the air. I, I'll admit I had an IRS problem uh, years and years ago uh, with uh, my, the first business I was involved in. And, uh, I'll never forget uh, the uh, IRS agent. I'm, uh, you know, when they, uh, you know, this, I won't even get into the story, but I handed them a bag of cash. They come back and give me a receipt, and they go, "Here's your balance." Your I look at it; it's the same mistake. amount as what I just gave them. I go, "What the hell is this?" I, I, I go, "They go, oh, that's penalties and interest." And uh, I said, "What are you talking about? I can get better rates with a loan shark." And I'll never forget the the guy says, "If I were you, I'd go borrow the money from a loan shark." And pay off the IRS because we're never going to let our, our teeth out of your leg, you know. And it's true. You know, but you know what's funny about it, Sal? Is Floyd and a lot of his fans act like this guy is so smart, you know. And, and, and what's even worse, I mean, even if, you know, you look read between the lines and you realize is he's not too smart. Um, the truth of the matter is, is he thinks he's above and beyond the rest of us. I mean, listen, Floyd Mayweather makes uh, like you uh, alluded to you know he makes so much money he's in that 50 percent max they can't go more than 50 percent so you don't need a calculator to figure out that if he makes 100 million half of it he's got to put aside to pay uncle sam i mean i you know what's he thinking you know and uh, uh you know he's he's owed money uh, for years, uh, back and forth and playing. And, and I, I saw a comment from somebody. They said, well, you know, oh, Billy C., you're busting Mayweather's chops. He's doing just like Trump does. He's trying to, you know, uh, pay, uh, 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 avoid the penalties and interest. No, that's not the point that Trump makes. Trump and anybody else, and I didn't want to get, you know, I don't want this to be political, but it's not the people that but use tax laws, right, but... I don't want to make this political, but, but. <laughs> you know, that's a good one, Sal. That was good. Uh, you know, you but, like that, but yeah, I did. That was quick. That was quick. That was quick. You know, kicking me under the bus. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, the the truth of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, if if you are gonna uh, uh, use the loopholes, what 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 Trump and people that you know make all that kind of money, they use a tax loophole to get certain deductibles and stuff so they're not liable to pay the tax. That's not suggesting they wait and pay the tax late because that's stupid. Because all you're doing is you're paying, even if you get a certain amount of fees or whatever waived, you're still paying more than you would have if it was due. To me, this shows that Floyd, uh, when it comes to financial, even though we all give him all this credit for being a, ma a master a negotiator, maybe he's... Just a dumb dumb. What do you think? Well, I I think Floyd. I'm not going to say he's a dumb dumb. I don't believe. He's I, a dumb, think he's dumb, a dumb, but, dumb. But, I think he's a dumb dumb. I think he's a dumb dumb. He's a dumb dumb. Floyd, in his mind, Floyd is an elitist, and what an elitist means, he thinks he's above and beyond, uh, and he's in a special group. 
uh, although I think he feels that he is is maybe not uh, uh, having to answer to these things right now uh, in his mind as far as uh, he's going to be able to work it all out. And he should be. And, I mean, currently he does still have that ability to earn the Mega Millions. And we'll see what happens after this fight. But I'm telling you right now, if he owes the government that much money, he's going to be lucky if he sees a dime from this fight because it's going to have to all go from his past uh, debts due to the IRS as well as what he's going to owe on this because they don't care if he, he's making $200 million, he's going to he's going to owe about $100 million. Well, look at it this way. You know, um, he made uh, uh, approximately $220 million, $220 million from the Pacquiao like fight. Movies, right? from, from the Pacquiao fight. And then the dum-dum puts a uh, picture you know this is how this is why i say he's a dum-dum because only a dum-dum would you know put the uh a photograph of a hundred million dollar check on social media only a dum-dum would post all his gambling winning tickets on social media only a dum-dum would take stephen a smith and do an espn show with Steve, where mayweather showed stephen a smith his uh, uh, Vegas home, his closet full of all his shoes, uh, and his uh, garage that uh, specifically seven cars that Floyd said on air uh, was worth to uh, was worth over fifteen million. Only a dum dum would brag about all that stuff, and then and then try to to put off the IRS with paying up. Come on. Only a dum-dum would think that the IRS isn't going to be watching and seeing and doing their own little investigation. And listen, only a dum-dum would go all the way back to 2001 and and play this IRS tax game since 2001. You know, almost 20 years this guy's been playing games. I'm sorry. Only a dum-dum would do that, Sal. Well, I I think I got your message, but... I'll tell you, I believe he's probably in the process of hiring some former IRS agents right now as his new accountants, and they're going to be they're going to be doing what they have to do, and he'll he'll be all right at the end of the day. It's just a just a bump in the road for Floyd because, like I said, he's an elitist, and he'll get over it, and he'll uh, owe a lot of money. And hey, that's that's how uh, the country moves. I mean, we the government we uh, we support the government. The government supports everybody else. That doesn't work. You know. Oops, did I say that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well. Listen, I mean, uh, the bottom line is, you know, he should just pay the taxes, you know, end of story. I know. And, I, you know, end of story. And he will. You he know, will. There's no way around it. He no. will. Well, he hasn't. His track record shows that he hasn't. You know, I mean, uh, I, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know uh, uh, he's made, you know, he's made what they've been saying for the last decade. This guy has made almost $700 million. $700 million. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he ends up broke. I mean, I mean, you know, I was amazed when, you know, uh, it came out, you know, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield throughout their careers, um, you know, inside the ring, each made uh, $400 million throughout their career. Right. Each Mm -hmm. one of them declared bankruptcy. You know, uh, Mike Tyson first, you know, he seems to have, uh, you know, picked up. He, he's back in a good place. Evander Holyfield, we don't know. I mean, he's, uh, you know, masking, ra- masking around as a promoter. Um, 
And, you know, we know that his house was seized in Atlanta, 18 bathrooms. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure he hadn't been able to take a dump in all 18. But, uh, but the truth of the matter is, I mean, you see what happens with these guys is that they don't lower uh, their standard of living once the money stops. And speaking of stopping, it looks like we're having uh, some issues again. We got to take a short break anyway. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll be back in two. So don't go nowhere as, uh, as we uh, take our break. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. And, uh, yeah, we're bashing Floyd a little bit this morning. Uh, Sal is uh, trying desperately to be the good guy today. And, uh, uh, you you know, I mean, uh, I just, hey, listen, my, my, my bottom line, Sal, is, you know, from all the success, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've had to sit through and, and listen to this, the complete BS that comes out of Floyd Mayweather's mouth uh, and his actions and, and all of his fans sticking up for him and stuff. And, you know, the way he looks at himself as a good businessman. And, and, and let's be real. If you had the kind of money that he has, you know, to piss some away, uh, you know, I mean, more power to you. You know, I'd probably do the same thing, honestly. But when it gets to this point, where you can't, where you don't have enough cash floating around. I mean, are you tell me he's got no cash in the bank to pay the IRS? I mean, the IRS is ruthless, you know, and I, I tell you, he's not going to beat the system, you know, and and the truth of the matter is, is, you know, how many fighters, not only fighters, but athletes and other, you know, uh, well, high profile people have been brought down by the IRS. I mean, Joe Lewis. You know, you want to look at a fighter that 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 was, you know, basically Very sad crucified. Yeah, by crucified the by the IRS. You know, they've uh, toned it down a bit, but uh, you know, who does it make? What do they think he is? Well, you know, Bill, it's it's a shame because a lot of times these guys make all this money, and uh, they have had little uh, advice from people they trust as far as this is how you maintain and how you preserve and how you allocate your monies accordingly. Um, you know, there's not that – that. first of all, they're not going to listen to just anybody. They have to have a trusted consultant or, or confidant. And, uh, you know, when they sit down with an accountant, it's going to say, hey, you're earning $200 million a year. You should expect $100 million you're responsible for paying the government in some way, shape, or form between income – Tax, capital gains, this one, that one. Uh, you know, it, it, it adds up, Bill. No, and- I, hey, I want to I, I want to quote. You know, normally we only uh, quote uh, our uh, viewers uh, up on uh, BillyCBoxing.com, but we are simulcasting on Facebook Live, and uh, my man Biz Porter uh, made a really good statement. And and this is you know all kidding aside, uh, this is one hundred percent correct. He said uh, a good mate, a, a good money maker. And a good businessman are two different things. And Floyd Mayweather is certainly a good moneymaker. There's no question about it. And obviously, 
despite him parading around as a good businessman and a good negotiator when it comes to uh, fights and having everything in his favor, uh, at the end of the day, apparently he's not uh, that good of a businessman. But uh, in any event, some other news, you know, because the guy that we've been talking about uh, parallel to, to uh, Floyd Mayweather throughout his whole career uh, is Manny Pacquiao. And Manny Pacquiao himself uh, had some issues with the IRS and the Filipino version of the IRS uh, that he ended up uh, having to fight to pay off. Uh, so, I mean, uh, these two guys are, are parallel in, in, a, in a lot of things and uh, a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I, that's why Floyd will probably fight again, you know, because after the McGregor fight, assuming that he pays the IRS, then like you suggest, he's probably going to owe the government for the McGregor fight that he's going to make. They put the pay-per-view uh, price out, another $100, $99.95 for the uh, pay-per-view to watch that farce of a fight. Um, that's why they all got to come down to St. Simons. Don't spend the money. Come on down to St. Simons. Enjoy our weekend. Uh, two days of fun. And uh, we'll all get to laugh at the fight together. But uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, they did the review. Remember we were talking about the review the other day, Sal? Absolutely. I remember it well. Uh, they uh, took the WBO was requested by... Uh, uh, the Filipino boxing organization and Team Pacquiao to review the fight. They said that we were going to review it, but we weren't going to change the outcome because the outcome uh, was solely in the hands of the Australian Boxing Commission, uh, and uh, they did review it. you want to know what the results were? I'd like to see it and like to hear it. Exactly. Well, Probably stand pat. As, as Roy Jones' uh, recording uh, career once said, in case y'all forgot, the uh, the scores on the the official scores uh, for the fight. Two of the judges saw it at one fifteen one thirteen, and one saw it at one seventeen one eleven. All in favor of uh, Jeff Horn. Uh, you know, I just wanted to remind y'all in case in case y'all forgot. Uh, but uh, but the they reviewed this fight again with no sound, which. Um, as we're going to find out, really was influential, I think, on a lot of people thinking that Manny was robbed, like like Teddy Allen said, Manny was robbed, he was robbed, he was robbed, you know, uh, uh, you know, I scored the fight for Manny, uh, it was a close fight, 115-113, that's not a robbery, but, you know, I guess uh, the all-knowing uh, Teddy Atlas, because people didn't agree with his scorecard, it was a robbery, but uh, five judges, Sal, five, two, two yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Two scored anonymous. They they uh, uh, aren't uh, you know divulging who, but uh, two of the five scored it one fourteen one thirteen in favor of Horn. One scored it one fifteen one thirteen in favor of Horn. One scored it one fourteen one thirteen in favor of Pacquiao, and one scored it one fourteen one fourteen. So at the end of the day, the majority decision again goes to Jeff Horn. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, it's so funny because when I saw the fight, I watched about three times, and I and I uh, had the same results. When I watched a fight without judging it, my just my opinion, I thought Jeff Horn won. When I looked at the fight and broke it down, like I said, each minute uh, in, increments uh, in each round, I gave the fight by one point to Manny Pacquiao. So, like I said, and like you said, Bill, there was no robbery, and it was a, so subject to opinion. 
And uh, like like it is, there's human error, there's opinion, but you just had five judges still give it the horn. So I think, you know, it's a it's a case closed on that level. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Right. And you know what? Now we can just see what the best thing for Manny will be to exercise his uh, maybe rematch clause. And, you know, let's see again. Uh, he doesn't need another surgery, so there's no excuse there. Maybe he'll just cha- train and sharpen up and put his phone down. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But uh, but wait, there's more because I have more Manny Pacquiao news. All right, Ron Popeil. I, 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 I know. Because it if you more. act right now, I'm going to give you some more Manny Pacquiao news right now, right now. But uh, <laughs> Manny Pacquiao, uh, apparently, you know, remember remember we, we got a lot of emails and people saying, oh, he should change his trainer. It's time to change his trainer. And, 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 and you know, the, the truth of the matter is, years ago. Well, well, the truth. Right. Right. That's the truth <laughs> that he should have changed it several years ago. Uh, and, you know, at this point, I mean, you know, wh- how many fights has he got left in him if he even continues? Um, but in case y'all forgot, uh, his trainer is Freddie Roach. And uh, Freddie Roach said, um, you know, basically that Manny Pacquiao has been avoiding him since the fight. He says, uh, and I quote, this is uh, Freddie Roach. <laughs> no, it's not. Listen to this. You're going to love this. This is this is great. This is all great. Like, uh uh, you know we're 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 bashing Mayweather. Where's, but my, my, where's my ten percent? Well, yeah. Listen, listen. You you guessed it. Listen to I this. Uh, here we here we are here, here we are bashing Mayweather. But check this out. Freddie Roach says I was trying to see where his head was at, and I couldn't even I couldn't even it's get him to say hi to me. Right? He said this is his trainer. I mean, I, come on. If you're you're in the sport of boxing. A boxer trainer uh, relationship has to be uh, pretty tight, you know. And I mean, and Freddie like Roach is Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach is saying, uncle. and I quote: I, "I was trying to see where <laughs> his head was you. at, and I couldn't even get him to say hi to me. I don't know if he was upset with me or what. I really don't know if he's mad at me. Uh, but I can tell you this: I haven't been paid yet." So who knows? <laughs> Manny wasn't himself. He didn't look like the Manny Pacquiao I have known for a long time. It was almost over in the ninth. One more round like that, and man, he just couldn't do it. Uh, so, you know, it sounds to me like uh, that marriage uh, might be on the way out either way, Sal. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think they're going to need somebody else to review that 10% too. <laughs> I'll tell you, poor Freddie Roach. He had to pay his own way to get back to the States, right? I don't know. I think maybe, hopefully he's not still stuck from the land down under. <laughs> you know, but. Oh, uh, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe uh, uh, Manny's going to most likely fight Jeff Horn again. And uh, I, I'll tell you what. I don't really see much much difference in what I think the result will be. I think Manny, uh, well, I'm not going to say anymore. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I think I he's, he's going to fight him again. I um, think he has to fight him again. I mean, that's just it. He blew the Mayweather chance. That's done. That's never going to happen. Um, and uh, although I, you can't say never, you can say never. But, uh, you know, there's there's not enough meat on the bone there. Uh, after he he was defeated by Jeff Horn, and uh, you know, and it's a shame because what we were saying last week, here we are talking about and validating why Manny might have lost that fight, where we should also be saying, you know, this guy had this chance. Jeff Horn became a national from a, uh, from a Australian national perspective, he became a world stage fighter, 
and he beat Manny Pacquiao. He rose to the occasion. He took the fight to Manny. He didn't respect Manny as if he was a legend he was in the ring with. And he did what he had to do to win. He fought a tough fight. He banged him up. He got banged around. And you know what? Let's give Jeff Horn a little credit, too. And I don't think he, I don't think Jeff Horn, by all rights, is going to fare well if he was going to fight a Keith Thurman, if he was going to fight uh, uh, one of these other top uh, welterweights. But he rose to the occasion that night, and he did what he set out to do, and that was to beat Manny Pacquiao one fight at a time. That's what he did. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Bob, yeah. Arum, Bob, Bob Arum, who's, who was lying the other day, but swears he was telling the truth this morning. I, I, you know, he, he, he had it right. He said, uh, after this fight, Jeff Horn is going to be a household name. He's going to be a superstar. Well, you know, I, I guess uh, whatever he had to put in the left hand of the judges, you know, in their left hand so that they could write with their right hands on the scorecards seemed to have worked. But uh, anyway, let's take a short break. When we come back, I got some emails. We got the ones that we read yesterday that nobody heard. And we got uh, some new ones today. So don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us and speaking about being with us don't forget to be with us on august 25th and 26th down in st simon's island georgia that is we're going to be doing a billy c event it's going to include uh, some meet and greet hanging out with uh, some uh, celebs like uh, former uh, world champion bobby chez and former world heavyweight champion mike weaver and uh a renowned uh, trainer uh, Sherman Henson, and we got some other uh, guests up our sleeve, and of course uh, Sal Rocky Senecola and myself will be there. We will be doing uh, a golf tournament. We'll be doing a meet and greet with uh, some food. Uh, we'll be trucking over to Sal's uh, one of the days and nights, and uh, we'll also uh, be showing you uh, the uh, farce of a fight called Mayweather McGregor, uh, so we can all hang out and laugh about it together. And uh, at least we'll have a memory where uh, where were you when the big farce took place and you're going to be with us. And we're also going to be doing a special broadcast uh, of one of our shows, uh, Billy C's uh, Boxing Revisited, uh, a new program that we are doing that's on the uh, television networks right now. We'll be filming one and we want you part of it. We'll uh, be putting it up on the big screen and have you uh, be there as a, a live audience. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff going on. So visit our website, www.billycboxing.com. And click on the CPOMS banner, which is on the right-hand side, and uh, make your uh, plans today. And as soon as you do, drop me an email. I want to know who's coming. I know we got some guys in the chat room. Uh, I know uh, uh, we're hoping to see Coach and his wife there, Sal. I mean, uh, they've already been down and they uh, had have, your I'll food. tell you, one of the most exciting moments. It was so funny. That was during the uh, Mayweather fight, wasn't it? Mayweather-Pacquiao? I don't know. We uh, No, he said <laughs> I think it was Thurman, right? Thurman. It was Keith Thurman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And 
you know, all of a sudden, there's this guy standing next to us, and great guy, great guy, and and, and Billy Billy goes, this is Coach, and I, it took me a minute to register, and I said, oh, Coach, Coach, wow, I I was so impressed, so amazed, and so, man, I had a smile ear to ear to know that Coach, from our chat room, from the distant far north, I'll tell you. Well, it was right there with his lovely wife, and uh, man, we had a great time. And I'm so glad, Coach, if you could hear us. Man, I, I, if you can come down, I'd love to see you again. And, and what a great surprise that was. Well, he stuffed his face at your restaurant. so. Uh, well, I hope he liked that good old food. He's a testimonial now for me. <laughs> and he's also about 10 pounds heavier, too, but uh, that's besides the point. <laughs> Let me just give everybody what the fight results from the weekend were real quickly. Uh, we did talk about it yesterday, but... Uh, uh, just so you know, yesterday uh, in Tokyo, uh, former uh, WBO world champ uh, Tomoki Kamada uh, improved to 34 wins, two losses, and uh, 20 of his Ws coming by knockout uh, when he won a uh, unanimous decision against uh, Ivan Morales, who drops his third fight. He's now 31-3. and three. Uh, Two of the judges had it 100-90. to 90. One had it 99-91 uh, over uh, 10 rounds. Uh, some other fights that took place uh, uh, in uh, a battle of unbeaten young fighters, which I love that they even fought each other. Uh, Giovanni Santillan improved to 22-0 and with 12 knockouts when he destroyed uh, my man, uh, Hurricane Sammy Valentin. Yes. Uh, Hurricane Sammy turned out to be a drizzle and uh, was knocked out at 2 minutes and 11 seconds of the second round. Uh, just uh, so you know, I-, I personally felt that he was rushed a little bit uh, the WBO even had him ranked at, in, in the top 10, which was terrible. But the good news is uh, Sammy, his team, his family all feel that this is not a career-ending uh, fight, which it shouldn't be. He's only 12-1 uh, and one right now, and uh, they can't wait to get back in the ring. So that's good news, um, which in a fight that shows you that you, you always got to fight the fight, uh, a uh, upset big time, Ulysses. Lara in the super flyweight division improved to 18 wins and 15 losses when he won a 10-round majority decision over former world champion Moses Fuentes, who drops to 25-4-1, 97-94, 97-93, both in favor of Lara, and one judge had it 95-95. Uh, Huey Fury uh, boxed a six-round exhibition uh, with uh, journeyman Kamal uh, Sokolowski, and uh, came out of that fight unscathed, uh, which will be setting up uh, his world title shot against Joseph Parker on September 23rd. As a matter of fact, they are having their first press conference today uh, in, uh, I believe it's going to be in England, uh, but the fight is in England. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, also on that card, Bradley Skeet improved to 27-1 when he uh, won a unanimous decision over Dale Evans. Uh, in uh, the welterweight uh, division. In case you recall hearing Bradley Skeet's name before, he just called out Manny Pacquiao. Everybody's calling out Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Pinoy Pride, 41. I can't believe there was 41. Uh, Mark Magseo, uh, a really good fighter to keep an eye on in the featherweight division. He improved to 17-0 with 13 knockouts. When he took care of Daniel Diaz in their first round, Diaz drops to uh, 23 wins, 8 losses, and a couple of draws. And uh, Gio uh, Santismia improved to 14-2 and two when he beat uh, uh, Good Luck uh, uh, M- Marima. 
I think it's pronounced. Good luck, Marima, who lost for the first time in his career. He's 16 and 1. 78 seconds is all it took for San uh, Tismia to uh, win that one. And Seiko Biko returned to the ring, former champion in the super middleweight division. Uh, he stopped uh, Luke Sharp uh, at uh, in the uh, in his fight uh, in the uh, seventh round. Uh, to improve to 33 wins, seven losses, and three draws. Uh, Sharp drops to 14 and six. And one other fight in the cruiserweight division, the biggest name in the cruiserweight division not to be part of the World Boxing Super Series, uh, Dennis Ledebev uh, retained his title uh, with a uh, unanimous decision over uh, uh, Mark Flanagan uh, in uh, uh, Russia. Uh, this past weekend and speaking of the world uh, boxing super series can't wait for that dax khan will be coming on a little bit later uh to give us his thoughts but uh what a great seating that's been uh in the cruiserweight division olak uh Yusik against marco huck murat gasiov against christopher lodzarek marius Breedas against mike perez and unier dortikos against dmitry kudazov that's the lineup for the cruiserweight division all main event fights uh i can't wait That's for this great. and the middleweight the super middleweight is just as good georgie groves against jamie cox callum smith against eric sokoland wow the winner of chris eubank uh jr and arthur abraham which is taking place this weekend will be taking on anvil yildrum and jurgen brommer against rob brandt uh very uh i can't wait i, I just can't wait richard Schaefer does everything uh big and uh he's certainly uh uh, doing that one uh, as uh, as we once again uh, have uh, some trouble with our uh, Ustream stream or YouTube My stream, stream or your stream? Nah, it's the YouTube stream, which uh, is really getting pretty uh, uh, nerve-wracking here for us. But uh, in any event, I got some emails, Sal. Uh, so this first one is from Jesse. Uh, he says, uh, and some of these are from today and some of them from yesterday. Uh, so I, I actually nobody put them in order for me today. So I'm just going to read them as they can as I have them. Uh, hey, Billy C and Sal for some reason. Well, he says I couldn't hear your show yesterday. Well, that's because we had some problems. Uh, so obviously this one's from last night. He says, uh, uh, Billy, it was a good fight. Uh, Geo over Sammy. He went to his hometown, took the belt. But I feel he can't rely on the KO to be there versus the big names just yet. He should match up against Amir Aman, Mike Alvarado, Sammy Vasquez, David Peralta. Uh, Mauricio Herrera, Jamonte Clark, or Mike Reed. He's got good boxing skills with his movement, combos, and decent power. Uh, in the uh, interview after the fight, he said he wants a winner of Pac-Man Horn. How can he say that if he hasn't beaten other top fighters? I mean, I could see Horn against Geo since they both have similar record, but how can you call out Manny? I guess that's how uh, we get fights nowadays. It, it, they want the money, and you're right. That's how uh, people you know, uh, maneuver themselves for fight. It's, it's BS. He's not ready. I do like... The Amir Aman matchup. I like that. That was a good one, Jess. Uh, he says, good win for Josh Taylor, but is he ready for names like Okada, uh, Yvedes, uh, Jose Zapata, Regis Pogris, Burns, etc.? Uh, how do you like his style with his southpaw dipping and dipping and hitting the body? Uh, I think Davis just didn't look as good. Outbalanced, not throwing so good uh, with his uh, technique. He needs a lot of work. I think he needs a lot of work, but i tell you one thing, uh, Sal. I do like that uh, he throws a lot of body shots. It, it seems to be something that a lot of young fighters don't do. They all go in there hunting for the head. You know, they become headhunters thinking they're going to knock them out. But, man, we need some young fighters to work the body more, to chop that tree down. Where where are the trainers teaching them that? Well, like I say, Bill, I, I, it's, it's so clear today what the trainers were telling us decades ago. And that was simply that, hey, 
I'm going to show you this. Do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. One day, pass it on to somebody that deserves it. That's basically what they were saying. And a lot of times, these 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 traditions, these styles, these little little words and wisdom, and these little uh, plays and 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 moves and boxing uh, uh, stars, they just have not continued to be passed down generation to generation. They've gotten lost. It's like playing the old game of phone, phone booth, whatever it was. You know, you whisper in somebody's ear by the time it gets to the line, it's, it's not the same. That's what's happening with the generations of boxing and boxers and fighters and trainers and everybody else. It's not the same message that's continuing down and down and down. Yeah, uh, that's the old... Uh uh, Trickle down call? effect. No, 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 no. They they call that the uh, uh, what? What do they call that with the the, the phone line uh, analogy? Yeah, telephone. Phone, phone no, booth. no, no. The grapevine. The grapevine. It's the old grapevine. Hey, you remember the movie? It is, but you used to whisper. So I, no, I know, I know the game. But you remember? You, you, you remember? You remember the movie Johnny David Dangerously? Yeah, that was a funny, yeah. funny ass movie. And in that movie. They're doing that with the grapevine, and and as as he's as he's doing it, they're passing it down to all the prisoners, and it's changing. And by the time it gets to Johnny Dangerously, it's a totally different sentence, everything. And Johnny Dangerously goes, "Oh," and he says what the first guy said, right? So he says it, and the guy goes, "Wait a minute, that's not what I told you." He says, "Yeah, but I know this grapevine, you know." <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, we got some emails. This one's from uh, uh, my man Martin. He says, hey, Billy Boy, uh, you never really mentioned Joseph Parker, so I thought I'd let you know he has a fight coming up in September against Fury in London. Be interested to hear your thoughts uh, nearer to the time. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, your mate, David Hay, is helping him out. LOL. Um, you know, I, I, you know I, I, of course I'm going to talk about Joseph Parker. I respect Joseph Parker. I think he's the, one of the top fighters. The problem is I don't like all the friggin' titles. You know, I mean, come on. You know, I, my man Boom Boom Mancini said it best. There's one world, there should be one title. You know, I mean, right. how do you say Joseph Parker, he's a world, you know, they introduce him, the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, uh, well, well, let me rephrase that. He's the heavyweight champion of the WBO boxing's world. You know, I mean, uh, come on. You know, uh, I, I think Huey Fury doesn't deserve to be fighting for a title. Uh, Joseph Parker got his opportunity way too early. Uh, but at the end of the day, really, all we need to see are fights in, in no particular order between the guy who I believe is the heavyweight champion of the world, and that's AJ, Anthony Joshua. He beat the guy who uh, pretty much owned the title for a decade in Vladimir Klitschko. He's got to get the stamp of the heavyweight champion. And then the other guys, you know, Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker, Klitschko, you know, they're the main names. Uh, in the heavyweight division, they have to fight each other. You know, if they dig up another slug and bring out another bum, uh, it's just not going to fare well. But don't you worry, Martin. I will be talking about Joseph Parker uh, when he fights Huey Fury in September. September 23rd in London, as if I didn't know. Uh, we got uh, another email. Uh, this is uh, from my man Angel from Madison, Wisconsin. Hola, Senor C., I'm getting ready for football, but I'm not ready for the most boring part of the game. 
and that's an oversaturation of commercials. Actual football play uh, during a game is 15 minutes or less. That's actually not true. It's 60 minutes of actual football time, but whatever. He says, uh, but we have three hours of stoppages and commercials. These commercials uh, during any sort of kickoffs, timeout for commercials, or longer players get hurt, commercial change of quarters, commercial uh, TV timeouts, commercials. I think the reason why the ratings are down is due to the fact that the high action sport you feel like the flow of the game is stopped way too much, and the NFL and the networks would rather cash in and make uh, the game longer without thinking of consequences of hurting the sport. If it were up to me, I would have football televised like soccer. Soccer runs its advertising in a commercial bar below the game, uh, like we have uh, the box score for football, and the only time the game is stopped is during halftime. And by the way, the commercials that we see are horrible with slapstick comedy and the product being sold you'd never even remember. I personally would like to see this model for football. A three-hour game can be brought down to less than two uh, hours. Uh, what's your thoughts? Um, you know, my thoughts are there's a lot of money to be made in, in uh, the NFL. It's a league. And trust me when I tell you, if the soccer uh, games started getting the sponsorships that the NFL has, they would be putting more commercials in as well. I just think the flow of the game in soccer is a lot harder to put, uh, you know, to stop the game like it is in the NFL. You know, every t uh, change of possession, you can, you know, have a commercial. Uh, every kickoff, like you suggest, uh, Angel. But I do agree that it is a little long, uh, but it is what it is. We've been doing uh, a one-hour, 60-minute football, 15 minutes a quarter, uh, four quarters, that's uh, one hour, uh, in a three-hour time slot for a long time. Uh, and since, you know, the NFL runs sports here in the United States, it is what it is. Uh, one thing I do disagree with you on, Angel, is uh, I like the slapstick comedy commercials. They're more entertaining. But, Sal, a lot of times I don't even remember what they're selling. I remember the commercial, but I don't even know what they're selling. But there's more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You remember that, don't you? Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. do you I like, buy a, I, you know, I, I bought a pocket fisherman. <laughs> I I Rob like Appeal. The, I, I bought his ovens. I bought his knifeware set. I bought. In fact, I'm the biggest sucker for infomercials there there is. I'm telling you right now. Well, they have I, my uh, name the, on all the wait on eight hundred numbers. Expect Sal's call the now. Pocket, the, and the, you got to call right away because you'll get the bonus gift. Well, I got a pocket fisherman myself and lost it. And a buddy of mine, not <laughs> too long ago, not too long ago, was in a store and he sawed them. I didn't even think yeah. they made them anymore. And uh, he bought a bunch. He bought. A, he gave me one. He bought one. He gave one to his uh, nephew. And uh, just to have, I mean, uh, you know, you're, I know you're it's not great. I, I saw one for sale. I think I lost it in my divorce. I, <laughs> I can't find the box. But I hey, you know, you know, you know, you're not having a good day when when, you know, the divorce lawyer hands you the list and, and you got I'm getting a house. I'm getting a car. I'm getting all rights to the kids. And I'm getting fisherman. your damn pocket fisherman, too. You get nothing. You're lucky if you get a T-shirt out of the deal, Sal. But uh, anyway. Uh, I got another uh, email here. This one's from my man, Rick. Rick, Rick, Rick. You got to save me. Um, Jeff, he says, Jeff, uh, Jeff, hey, Billy. Jeff. C Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Horn. What? Jeff Ding. What? Uh, Billy C. And uh, Sally says, I really enjoy your interview last week with Larry. I completely agree uh, with his comments about ex-fighters uh, or trainers working the broadcast. Uh, he says, I know George Foreman used to get a lot of flack for some of the things he'd say, but I found him way more insightful than Lampley or Larry Merchant or Kellerman would have to say. Same goes for Roy Jones and B-Hop. You mean Roy Jones Jr.? Y'all must have forgot. 
Uh, that guy? Oh. Uh, he says, I've always enjoyed watching old fights that Ray Leonard did back in the 80s. To be honest, most broadcast broadcast teams are pretty good i really just can't the h i can't stand their hbo team lampley always tries to sound like the uh smartest guy in the room merchant and kellerman are always trying to do gotcha type interviews uh like they're reporters for hard copy or something and just like jim gray he says i can't stand that guy either and i know you don't care for teddy atlas but he's way more credibility uh to stand on for his antics than any of these jokers uh first and foremost i can't stand jim gray thanks for the email uh rick can't stand jim gray uh, snooty guy, a guy that you, uh, I hate to say it, but he's the kind of guy I just want to punch in the face for no reason. Uh, as far as Larry Merchant, he hasn't been on a major uh, broadcast for quite some time. Um, but you left out the most important guy, Rick. You know, uh, Morio Ronaldo is the worst. I'll take Jim Lampley, even though I agree with you, and him t- calling fights based on punch stats, which are uh, all based on subjectivity. I, I agree with you 100%, but you got me wrong about Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas is a guy that I know knows his stuff. I enjoy listening to his technical uh, aspects of the game. I enjoy his breakdowns, etc., etc. What I don't enjoy is that Teddy Atlas thinks he's right all the time. He, If anybody disagrees with Teddy Atlas, you're wrong. Just like in the Pacquiao fight. It's a robbery! It's a robbery! You know, only because his scorecard didn't agree with it. You know, and I've said many, many times, you know, Teddy Atlas doesn't even know how to score fights. They should give him a crayon and a coloring book rather than a scorecard and a pencil. This guy can't score. And quite honestly, we've done it, Sal, uh, many times where we're doing a, a broadcast. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is it's hard to, to score a fight, do commentary, having people talking in your ear all at the same time. How does he concentrate uh, on a scorecard? You know, he's better off coloring uh, uh, Mary Poppins or something, right? Absolutely. There's too many variables. <laughs> Get it? Many. Many. Okay, go ahead. I'll stop my jokes. Thank you very much. You should, because now I, you know, the crickets were so loud that I thought you were still. Talking. No, I, uh, I heard the crickets. Yeah. Thank you. Let's move um, on. We got. Let's <laughs> move on. Moving right along here. Uh, we got a couple of emails from my man Mitch. Um, this one uh, is uh, pretty. This is a funny one. He says uh, uh, the first time Aram was mad at Manny was shortly before the Bradley fight. We all know what happened after that. Now this time was uh, Aram was mad twice. First for the comments Manny made, which got him blacklisted from HBO. That there t- turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Second, he was mad at Manny for trying to cut a side deal uh, with his manager to fight Amir Khan. Both sides kept going back and forth, and finally uh, Aram. Uh, uh, Aram said that the Horn deal was done. Khan said the Dubai deal was done. And then uh, the Horn deal, uh, the uh, Amir Khan deal got scrapped. And uh, ha- Manny had to go back to uh, Bob Aram. So how does the Bob father pay him back? Another controversial <laughs> like loss. And, uh, me too. Another controversial <laughs> loss uh, that Manny won. He says, let me add that the Horn fight was either the last or next to last fight Manny has under contract with Aram. So this was Bobby's way of letting landing a parting shot in case Manny left top rank. Second point is, uh, he says, is I'm tired of you and Sal and Dax pronouncing this guy's name wrong. You must give this man respect. It's not Stephen A. Smith. It's screaming A. Smith. Wait until he gets excited. You'll know what I mean. And uh, my man, Mitch, you are right. All three of us, myself, 
Sal, and of course, Dax, who can scream with the best of them, uh, all uh, agree that it is Screaming A. Smith. He says, lastly, I want to go back to a story Sal shared last Friday. He fought Davy Hilton Jr., and he lost. Sal should have ended the story there. However, it was Billy. I'm not going to make any excuses, but, oh, then here comes the shoulder excuses. Then that would have been okay if he stopped there, but no. Then he says, I lost the decision, but Hilton's mother was the judge. Come on, Sal. You got to put your loss behind you. Blaming it on the guy's mother. Come on, Sal. No excuses. And Mitch is right. Good email from Mitch. Come on, Sal. I will remember that forever now. Forget about it. You know what? And who who the heck? <laughs> but I'll never forget when the USA uh, trader was in the corner. He says, uh, Sal, um, Davy Hilton's mother is the judge here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Mom, how you doing? <laughs> uh, we got another one from uh, Mitch. Trying to get them all in here. Let's see. Hopefully we can. We got one more after this one. Uh, he says, uh, if Floyd isn't liquid enough to pay a couple of million dollars off until the fight with Connor, mark my words, this guy will be broke within seven years after he really retires. His ex-aide wrote a telltale book about him, and she exposed some serious stuff. In, in the book, there's one story about him and his friends going to Atlanta to recruit some female exotic dancers for a contest. When they got to the airport, they realized there wasn't a limo available. So what does Floyd do? He goes to a Mercedes-Benz dealer and buys a Benz to take him around all weekend. When the weekend was over, they drive to the airport, jump on a plane, and head back to Vegas. Two months later, the, the guys were back in Vegas reminiscing about the trip to Atlanta, and he turns to one of the guys and says, didn't I buy a Mercedes? The other guy said, yeah, man, you left it in a parking lot in, in Atlanta. Floyd forgot all about it. And Billy, this is one of the mildest stories in the book. I wouldn't be shocked if Floyd made $500 million in his career. That $400 million has either been stolen from him or squandered with his spending. He bought his former aide a Mercedes, and the dealer told him that it was his 33rd car he bought from them. Here's the messed up part. If he's been audited all those other years and after he fights Connor, he's going to settle the debt that the IRS is trying to collect now instead of paying taxes on the Connor fight. He's going to wait three more years until they audit him again, and guess what? He's going to not have the money because the purse will be so high for this fight that the taxes will be astronomical. When you combine the audits for all those years with the fact that his houses have been robbed three times and nobody's stepping up to ensure he pays his taxes, there's only one conclusion. This has been an inside job. He changes his security team every few years. Rumor has it the first robbery was orchestrated by members of his own secure staff. I think there are more people in his entourage, I won't mention names, who are part of the inside job and who know uh, the finances more than he does, if you know what I mean. Now the IRS says they don't want to wait for the fight. They've ordered to him to start selling him, uh, off him some of his items. But you tell uh, the world you made $250 million off the Pacquiao fight. He says, uh, hmm, you know, uh, in, in all seriousness, you know, I, I was saying all in the beginning of the show how much of a dum-dum Floyd Mayweather is. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, if he's letting people rob him inside, and that's generally when the robberies happen, Sal. 
the guys that are inside, the guys that know it. And you know what? I just also uh, mentioned how, you know, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield both made $400 million in, throughout their boxing careers. Mike Tyson would leave cars in the street after he ran out of gas. You know, when that kind of money is coming your way and you, you have no value on it, all of a sudden that stream of money stops and you don't, re, you know, reorganize your standard of living, of course you're going to uh, uh, lose all your money. And Floyd Mayweather, he, he's, he's clean. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink. But the guy's a gambler. He posts all the winning tickets when he wins a million here, wins a million there. But all gamblers never talk about all the millions that they lose. So, yeah, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather's going to be broke, I think. Wow, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's a scenario that uh, I hope no happens to nobody, but uh, especially when you're in your income-producing years. I mean, that's the whole game plan. When you're in your income-producing years, you got to leverage it for later when you're not going to be producing that income. And no way, once he retires, unless he set himself up in some type of industry or business or, or investment, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, well, it's not my problem. Well, he thinks Forget he's about it. it. I got one more email I want to get in, then we're going to take a break. Actually, we're going to take a break, and we're going to have Dax come on for a few minutes. Uh, uh, this one's from Joel. He says, you had technical difficulties yesterday. He says, uh, I was looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Mayweather's IRS issue. Well, you heard it again here uh, today, Joel. He says, I had a question for you guys with finally a good weekend of boxing coming up, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow. What a great action-packed weekend there is this week. He says, uh, what fight has your interest the most, the PBC triple header with Figueroa Guerrero or HBO triple header with Bertrand Marara? Uh, I, I believe the HBO triple header comes on at 10 when the PBC card is supposed to end, but with the PBC card having three fights, it may run over, but hopefully we can watch all without uh, both on at the same time. Uh, the beauty is uh, called uh, DVR, and uh, I will watch them all. I'm a little surprised that HBO is doing that triple header with not the huge names that they're accustomed to. Um, I like the one fight on the PBC. I like the heavyweight fight, but... Uh, uh, I'm going to watch them all. He says, I'm on the fence about ordering Eubank against uh, Abraham. It, the pay-per-view is 25 bucks, but I was wondering if you think it's something to pass on or if you and Sal think I should spend my hard-earned 25 on it. Your thoughts? I think you should spend your money on coming down to St. Simon's on August 25th and 26th, Joel. Uh, you know, suck Absolutely. it up. Absolutely. Bring you know, your bathing suit. Bring your. I, I, you know, Joel uh, doesn't like to travel, but I say this, Joel, suck it up. Uh, hop on uh, uh, whatever you got to do to get down there and, and enjoy yourself. But as far as that fight, I do think that that fight's going to be entertaining. Arthur Abraham is not where he once was, and Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, has a lot to prove. I, I think it's worth 25 bucks. He says, finally, did you hear that the Mayweather-McGregor fight will be 100 bucks uh, on pay-per-view? Uh, he says, that's crazy. Um, it does not surprise me. And, and uh, listen... With all due respect to UFC and MMA fans, I highly recommend that no one buy this fight. No one. It's going to be a waste of money. You know, I, I, and although Sal and I will not be making money from the CPOMs uh, event, trust me, we're not making money. Um, and, you know, we, we are doing it uh, because we want to have a get-together. The only people making money might be the C-bombs. Uh, but, uh, but the truth Hopefully, of the matter is, think. well, they have to. It's a business. They but have the, to. But the truth, I mean, the truth of the matter is, don't spend the 100 bucks. Come on down and, uh, and spend 300 and come down to us. You know? But, I mean, uh, you'll have some fun. <laughs> 
But uh, anyway, uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to kick uh, Sal to the curb so he can uh, <laughs> use the toilet and uh, have another coffee. We're going to have Dax Khan come on. So uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, we'll be back uh, in about two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. And uh, don't forget, we are doing a Billy C get-together August 25th and 26th at the beautiful Sea Palms Resort uh, down in uh, St. Simons. Make your plans now. Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the Sea Palms banner and uh, book it now. Two days plus of... uh, some great stuff down there. We're going to do uh, meet and greet. We're, well, right off the bat, we got uh, Bobby Chez coming. We got uh, former world heavyweight champion Mike Weaver, uh, Sherm uh, uh, Henson, uh, a, uh, a renowned trainer out of Tampa. I'm working on Larry Hads. We got some other people coming as well. We'll uh, sprinkle in as time goes on. So you're not going to want to miss it. Have some fun on the golf course. Uh, uh, we'll be doing a, another uh, revisited event where you'll be part of a live audience. We'll be doing a meet and greet. You get some food. We'll all truck down to South. All of that. And what are we going to do for the encore? We're going to all laugh and hang around and watch the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight and see if Floyd uh, makes it worth his uh, tax bill. But joining me right now uh, is uh, to tell us about the uh, World Boxing Super Series, which I can't wait for, is Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. Things are sounding better today. Yeah, well, we're still having uh, some problems. Uh, I noticed that uh, YouTube has uh, changed um, their stream type. And, uh, you know, we get to do their uh, testing for them without them letting us know, Dax. And I know how you just love it when that happens. You get, you know, you, you get in one of your, 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 your pissed off moods when, uh, when YouTube fails us. I know you do. You don't, you don't let it roll down like water off a duck, do you? Well, you know, when you're paying for something, you know, it become it becomes aggravating. If it was free, then, you know, what are you going to say? But when you're paying a lot of money for those type things, they should sit there and do their job and make sure it's running properly. And that's the truth. You hit it on the head. Uh, for anybody that uh, doesn't know, when you have uh, a partner uh, agreement like we do, we don't get it for free. So, uh, yeah, you know, for, for example, I, I complain about uh, Spectrum, you know, formerly Time Warner and their rate increases, which a lot of people do uh, lately. Uh, you know, they make a lot of money off of pay-per-views in, in boxing. And over the last few days, I've seen some replays of stuff. And uh, what I just found out, especially last night, is Andre Fonfara defended his light heavyweight title not only once but twice against Adonis Stevenson. And the other day, I was looking at something on ESPN Classic, and uh, Marvin Hagler and Alan Minter faced off for the Bantamweight title. So, you know, it's like this actually shows, you know, YouTube, these type companies, and exactly how much effort they put in there. You know, they're paying these people $14, $15. And they're not doing a really very a very good job, and that's why the quality of stuff is poor. You're better off going to a fast food restaurant. You have a better chance as some 15, 16-year-old kid with pimples on his face putting more effort into it than these people at multi-million dollar companies. Well, the truth of the matter is with, uh, with YouTube, what makes them so powerful is the content. 
all that content that they have. You know, people, you know, Johnny pokes his eye out with an ice pick and everybody <laughs> sees it. And, you know, yeah, you filmed it, but they own it. It's up on their uh, it's up on their server. So uh, anyway, uh, we could talk about them all day. But really what we should be talking about is what you're jacked up for. And me, too, man. I can't wait for the uh, World Boxing Super Series. They announced the matchups. Uh, you were part of the. Uh, uh, the call, the uh, screen, the stream, I guess, and uh, they picked out. First of all, tell us about the guys that chose the opponents, and why do you think? I mean, that's got to be so hard. I mean, you pick a guy. Your your natural, uh, you know, move would be to pick a guy you think you're going to beat easier. But then, if you're the guy that got picked, you just fueled the fire, thinking you know, the guy saying, "Well, he thinks I'm going to be, you know, beat me easy." Tell us about the picks. Well, you know, this one, this you know had just a total different atmosphere than what you see in the United States, as we know that boxing over in Europe does. Uh, the heads of this, you know, are Robert uh, Del Miggio, Cali Sarolin, Richard Schaefer. You know, they came out there. They spoke very briefly, unlike in the United States now, where promoters do most of the talking. Uh, Richard Schaefer stated, you know, you know something. I've been involved with guys like Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, the cream of the crop in the sport, and this is going to be the greatest thing I've ever been involved in. Cali Sarolin said, you know, that, you know you're going to get fights that you're never going to see, uh, you know, uh, anywhere else. Robert DiMaggio, this tournament is going to change the face of boxing in a very fan-friendly way. And, and they're right. Uh, because, you know, what you have here is there are no easy fights. Every single fight in here is pay-per-view quality. And they're putting this on in, in a special way because it's also like an event. Right now, what sells in boxing is this event, the atmosphere. They had that song made by the, uh, the Danish rock star uh, Jasper B uh, Binzer, uh, which isn't like one of these things you see nowadays, like a Rocky type uh, over dramatic thing. It was just, you know, uh, a song, uh, The Future Is Now, with just highlights of all these fighters, just so people who aren't familiar with a lot of these European fighters get to see a little bit, of, a few clips of these guys. So, you know, this is definitely special. And every single fight in here, Bill, is main event caliber in any venue across the world. And that's what makes this so much better than anything else, including the Super Six uh, when that took place, because a lot of the fighters in there weren't known. And just like a lot of these guys in here are not known, but, you know, due to the fact that social media and YouTube is so popular, people have gotten a glimpse of these of these guys, and it's going to be easily accessible for everybody to watch. This isn't going to be something that you got to pay out $49.59 or $69 for. The thing that, I, I, that sticks out the most for me with this tournament is the fact that these are all non-U.S. fighters. Um, and, and, you know, people already come into the U.S. fighters' defense. Oh, they probably got, you know, uh, championships lined up and everything else. And I'm saying, well, wait a minute. Most of these guys are champions. And that poses the question I had the other day. Are they putting their belts on the line here? Are these actually yes. going to be unification? Oh, see, so that, so that, you know, that adds so much more juice. You know, these guys is what boxing's all about, Dax. They're stepping in, they're fighting whoever they're putting in front of them, you know, and it's and it's it's embarrassing for me as an American to see no Americans in this list. 
there's there's eight fighters in each uh, division in the super middleweight and in the light in the cruiserweight division rather. Um, you know, you had four seeded fighters, which were the guys that were world champions or the ones um, with, with with the best records or the former world champions. And uh, the only fight in here that was predetermined was um, uh, Marat Gassiev against uh, Christoph Lazaric, and that is because Lazaric was or is the IBF mandatory challenger for Gassiev. They were smart there. They didn't want to have any chance of the IBF throwing a wrench in the works and saying something like, you know, well, if you don't fight Vladzarek first, we're going to strip you of your title because he is your mandatory. Or if uh, they can come around and say something like, well, since your number one mandatory is also in this tournament, you have to fight fighter so-and-so. And if you don't fight him, we're going to strip you of that title. So what they did was they actually made this the title fight, the mandatory, because both guys were inside this tournament. And it's a great fight, regardless whether it was in the tournament or not. And both of these guys we're very pleased with this. Uh, Christoph Lazaric is, you know, this is a guy who is a former multi-time world champion. He's still in the top five universally. Uh, Gassiev is a guy um, who is undefeated. He's a hard-hitting champion, and they wanted to face off, and they're glad that they're doing this. Not only are they taking care of their business, but they're also, you know what, they're doing what they got to do inside that tournament, and it's always raising the value of that fight alone. The fight, I can't wait. I mean, listen, I love them all. But I'm really curious to see how Mike Perez does uh, coming from heavyweight. Hey, this Cuban fighter was uh, had high regard in the heavyweight division. Uh, his discipline uh, was not so good. But for him to lose uh, the weight that he has over the last uh, 18 months or so and to be in this tournament, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. Who is... Who's the favorite? I mean, who who's the favorite in the cruiserweights? Who's the who's the favorite right now to win it all? The favorite here to win it all has to be Alexander Usyk. You know, Alexander Usyk is the man at cruiserweight, irregardless of the other guys holding titles. Marius Breedis holds two titles. He holds the IBO and WBC. The last guy he fought was actually Marco Hawk. Uh, Mike Perez. He chose Mike Perez. He stated himself because he came down from heavyweight. And what that tells me is Marius Breedis is using a little bit of um. I may, maybe a little bit of psychology in there, you know, to get to Mike Perez on saying, you know what, listen, in the past guys that have come down from that weight into this weight class, they haven't done so well. And also on the other side, it's like, you know what, if I can deal with this guy and his power because he's... That should give me an up on that and let me kind of know, you know what, this is why I'm not going to, I'm going to be able to take anything from these other guys so I'm able to deal with Mike Perez easily. Yeah, well, and Mike Perez, of course, is getting the first world title opportunity of his career. Well, he's had he's been one fight away uh, from uh, world title shots before, and uh, has failed uh, in those. So uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to that. Now, as far as the super middleweight division, the only uh, fight that had a little curve on it uh, was uh, the Eubank Jr. Arthur Abraham winner. Uh, being chosen uh, to fight Anvili Yildrum. Uh, that fight, uh, the uh, Eubank-Abraham uh, fight's taking place this weekend. How did they uh, work that one since uh, they don't really have a name yet? Well, Chris Eubank Sr., is the one that both Arthur Abraham and Chris Eubank Jr. agreed to let make this pick for him. And again, you know, Chris Eubank Sr. came out there dressed like, like uh, you know, like you would expect a, a former um, champion of his status to be. You know, he was probably the best dressed guy on stage, and I think everybody was wearing two, three thousand dollar suits. And his reason for choosing um, uh, 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 Avni is that he stated one that he believes if Chris Eubank 
Jr. wins the fight against Arthur Abraham because of his style and uh, uh, Yildirim's style, that, that's going to fit right into Eubank Jr.'s uh, style, considering he likes a come-forward guy, and he's very similar to Arthur Abraham, and that would only make a good fight for his son. And he also stated that because of Arthur Abraham's style, even though he didn't want to entertain the idea of Arthur Abraham actually winning against Eubank Jr. and entering the tournament, he says, you know, that would make a good fight because you have two guys of the same style that come in there. And, you know, Arthur Abraham is a guy that likes to bring fellas in deep, and uh, Avni is a come-forward guy. So, you know, Arthur Abraham right there would kind of test this guy, and if he really isn't uh, good, Arthur Abraham would get him out of there. And if he uh, is the goods, he might get Abraham out of there, and then when he goes in against Eubank Jr., you're going to see a sensational fight. So either way, uh, Chris Eubank Sr. made a great choice for both of these guys. You know, the only guy in this tournament from with both weight classes as professional, anyway, uh, Arthur Abraham is the only one with uh, previous uh, tournament experience. He was in the Super 6. Is that going to help or hurt him? I mean, uh, this is a guy that was uh, saying that he was going to retire a couple of years ago. Um, has uh, Father Time caught up with him, or will he be able to use – some experience, some knowledge that he gained from the Super 6 to help him with this one. Now, obviously, he's got to get by Eubank Jr. Uh, first this weekend, but um, for in a sense, Eubank Jr. and Abraham already are in the tournament. This is the, their first fight is this weekend uh, as part of the tournament. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, his experience uh, going in? Well, experience is always a big factor, especially in a situation like this. Uh, you know, this isn't going to be drawn out like the Super 6 is, though. You know, these guys are only going to have six months to get these fights out of the way. And Arthur Abraham, with his type of style, I believe that, you know, this kind of benefits him in the long. But, you know, he's going to either be able to benefit from that or, you know, he's going to be out in, in, the, in the, uh, the early goings because of that style as well. Or Arthur Abraham, he waits too long before he starts getting off. And a lot of these guys are, are younger and these guys are more active fighters inside the ring so and this isn't like the super six where you know you have this point system building up and it's okay to lose this fight you know you got to win every single fight or you got to go home that's right i forgot about the uh super six was based on points uh yeah no i i, I like that this is like a combination of the uh prize fighter it's just uh stretched out a little more but i like this i love it i can't wait for it one last question of all the cruiserweights <coughs> actually i got two questions um I'm hoping that the cruiserweight division, at least here in the States, despite no Americans being uh, in it, I'm hoping that the cruiserweight division gets some love from uh, from the U.S. fans. It's a division that I absolutely love, and I wish that uh, the, the fighters themselves were able to make more money to keep the fighters in the cruiserweight division rather than have them always want to move up right away into the heavyweight division. Um, the second part is Dennis Ledebeff is the only main name big name in the cruiserweight division that's not part of this tournament what does that mean to you what that means to me is to be honest dennis lebedev is hanging on by a thread ever since the uh, the loss to jones dennis lebedev has looked horrible so i just think uh, more or less what they want to do is just keep dennis lebedev champion a little bit longer considering the guys that are in this cruiserweight tournament are killers you know we speak about the heavyweight division and knockouts these guys in this cruiserweight tournament are brutal killers i'm telling you um you know just even and not only that but you know the sensational boxers Yusik is a sensational boxer and then you uh, dimitri kudrashov and Junior dortikos i mean those guys hit as hard as anybody in the sport pound 
pound for pound. Uh, you know, so Dennis Lebedev is a guy who, after that damage to his face that we've seen, you know, more or less, I think he's kind of in that situation of maybe a Kel Brook where he wouldn't be able to sit there and go through this type of tournament and uh, be able to hold out even if he won the first fight. His body wouldn't be able to stand up to there. So what they're doing is they're just trying to keep Dennis Lebedev's career going a little bit longer because this would end his career virtually as a top-name fighter. And right now, outside of Russia, really, Dennis Lebedev is maybe average. You know, if anybody didn't see the fight that uh, Dax just referred to, Guillermo Jones against uh, Dennis Ledebev, go punch it up and find it. What a brutal, brutal fight. And why those... I'll never forget. I mean, I witnessed and I made you watch that absurd first round with Povetkin uh, in, uh, in in his last fight, uh, which was ridiculous. But let me tell you something, and this was serious. Those doctors would not stop that fight with Jones against Ledebev uh, when he couldn't see. This was a guy whose life was in danger. And I'll never forget the doctor. He's okay. He, he's okay. And I'm looking at this guy. He, 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 was disto- he didn't even look like a human being. And uh, luckily, uh, the fight was over uh, uh, you know, by, because he couldn't take the punishment anymore. But what a brutal fight that was. I, I recommend that... Uh, uh, you watch that if you haven't seen it, anybody out there. But uh, anyway, what's your final take on the uh, WBSS, man? Is it uh, is it going to be a home run or what? It absolutely is. This is going to be nothing but superstars. And there's a joke on a few of these guys. Uh, when you mentioned the American fighters, number one, Rob Brandt. I love the way he was up on stage, uh, you know, he was the last guy. Actually, him and Jurgen Brommer were matched up because they were the last two. And when uh, the MC asked Rob Brandt about, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, he said, I actually thought I was going to get picked first because I'm the guy that nobody knows. And I'm the guy with the least amount of experience. And she said, well, they're all scared of you. That's why. And he really kind of rolled his eyes and he felt that was a little bit disrespectful towards the other fighters. And he just shook his head no. And he, he refused to entertain that. And that's what I mean about, you know, the... Uh, professionalism of everybody inside this tournament these guys are all taking it serious and this isn't something that has to be sold this tournament is selling itself and if this tournament doesn't take off all that tells me is that you know what the cruiserweight tournament is never going to take off and more or less boxing is what we know of as you know the mayweather and mcgregor type thing where it's more of a circus than quality because this is nothing but quality and the biggest joke here on the americans is anthony durrell anthony durrell he had a chance against callum smith if uh things happen in the United States, you know, Callum Smith may have knocked him out uh, over in the UK. Who would have known how that kind of went? But you know what? Because Anthony Durrell had to think more of himself and try to get a little bit more of the pie and whether or not it was Al Heyman behind him trying to put everything over in Anthony Durrell's favor. What happened is Callum Smith is in there. He's facing Eric Skoglin. Now, Anthony Durrell is going to get that world title opportunity, but who does he have to face for that? He has to face David Benavidez. And then you know something right then and there? Anthony Durrell, he's going to get that title opportunity but I promise you that kid is going to get beat up and he's going to end up knocked out and you know something Uncle Leon and his brother aren't even be able to come into the ring and they're not going to be able to help him because I'll tell you I think David Benavides he'll clear out the whole ring that night that's Porky Medina you know the the thing is is the Durrell name is is so it's synonymous with trouble hey uh, one last question before we let you go Dax I know I've said that at least five times already is this going to be available on TV for us here in the states I mean uh, what, what's the television deal uh, well, yeah, it, it'll be available. I mean, you got to talk a little bit later. You know, something uh, might might be available for our listeners as well. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to uh, 
this event. And uh, the first fights are in uh, September, right? Yeah, September, October. Then they might have some in November. Then there's going to be a short little break for the winners. And then what they're going to do is they're going to pick that up in the spring, either April or May, depending on the condition of everybody. Uh, before we go, last thing, uh, I know we haven't had a chance to mention, but uh, referee Marlon Wright passed away after his battle with cancer at age 51. Uh, you know, condolences to him and his family. Uh, Marlon was never my favorite guy. I always uh, was mad at him because Librado Andre Andrade was sort of a rob his title in that Butte fight. Marlon, who just earlier this year had refereed the Lucian Butte and Sullivan Barrera fight while he had cancer, and he passed away age. Super middleweight journeyman who's known for his fights against. Katagi, uh, Austin Trout. Uh, he was mur uh, he was under the Golden Boy banner, and he was murdered in Mexico this weekend at age 39. Jeez. A lot of negative stuff, and uh, thanks for uh, reminding me about uh, Marlon Wright. Uh, uh, it's it's a shame, much too young for him, my man. But uh, Dax, great job as usual, and uh, we'll look forward to you next time, brother. All right, everybody, enjoy your day. That's Dax Khan. You can check him out uh, on our uh, uh, webpage. He does uh, a lot of writing and uh, has his own column, and uh, you can check him out here uh, on uh, Mondays uh, as well. Now we did have some. Uh, uh, technical issues, uh, which, uh, thank God, he was able to uh, come on today. Uh, so uh, I appreciate that. And uh, we're still having a uh, couple of little blips here and there uh, with uh, today's show. And uh, we've got to thank uh, the powers that be at YouTube. They change uh, some stuff. And, you know, when you get as big as them, they, they don't have to tell anybody about it. And they certainly haven't told us. Uh, but uh, some big fights this weekend. But first, you know, another big fight that's uh, going to take place and uh, back with me right now is uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, who's uh, still uh, getting dressed here. But, uh, um, you know, the bottom line is uh, Terrence Crawford. You know, a lot of people think uh, one of the uh, top pound-for-pound -pound, uh, uh, fighters out there. Uh, currently, he's fighting in the 140-pound weight class. Uh, he owns uh, the WBC and WBO uh, junior uh, welterweight titles. He's scheduled to fight... Um, uh, Julius Ndongo uh, in a few weeks, uh, August 19th in Nebraska, in his hometown. Now, Ndongo, he just unified the WBA and IBF uh, titles. This is the first time in a long time that uh, there'll be a fight unifying the top four uh, sanctioning body titles. I think this was a smart move for Terrence Crawford to go this route and then possibly move up. Uh, like the rumor has, to go to 147. Sal, what's your thoughts on these two multi-belted champions fighting each other, something we haven't seen in quite some time? No, and I think it's great, and I wish every weight class would do this. And, uh, you know, like I, like Ray said, Ray Mancini, hey, there's only one world. Let's get all these belts unified and, and have one champion per weight class. If it happens to be one uh, across the board, hey, that's great. But, um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great for boxing. And, uh, you know, if Terrence Crawford is looking to move to the welterweight division, what a better send-off than to him to have all the belts leaving the junior welterweight division. Well, that's typically what you do. You know, I know. You, uh, clean up, you clean up Dodge and you get out of exactly. Dodge. Exactly. That's typically hey, what fighters do. Absolutely. They clean up a division and then they move out. You know, I mean, uh, 
you know, that's uh, typically what happens. Unfortunately, that's not what happens uh, in today's sport. But uh, it is no. happening with uh, Terrence Crawford and uh, Julius Ndongo. And I like the fight. I don't think it's going to be a layup for Crawford, although uh, no. Terrence Crawford has uh, seemingly uh, uh, done pretty well. I mean, he's uh, people forget. Y'all must have forgot that, uh, you know, when he was first brought in, uh, this was a guy that uh, was the opponent for the first several fights. Then all of a sudden they realized what they had here. Uh, tickets, if you were in the uh, Nebraska area, are pretty affordable. The top price ticket, Sal, is under 130 bucks, $128. Uh, regular wow. GA tickets are 28 bucks. I mean, uh, you know, you know when when they're going to be selling these outrageous uh, tickets for for the scam fight, the smokescreen <laughs> fight, the the dum dum fight between dum dum and uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, for, for thousands of dollars. And you could go watch uh, Terrence Crawford and Julius Ndongo, uh, the best seats in the house for 130 bucks. I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, let me tell you, I think that's a fight you and I could afford to go see. And and uh, I'll tell you, you know, I saw something, I don't know if it was on ESPN or some news outlet on the internet, and it was praising, just saying how fortunate Conor McGregor is. He said he was going from welfare check to $100 million. I mean, that that's great. God bless him. And, and what? I just at least lost $50 you. million dollars for taxes. I lost you for a second. What did you say? What, what, what about that? I said I saw something on the news media on uh, one of the uh, web pages that Conor McGregor is going from – welfare check to uh, $100 million. And if that's the case, I just want to give him one word of advice. Save at least $50 million for whatever taxes are uh, going to be in your home country. Well, you know, maybe there's an advantage, and I don't know how the leagues work, it. Um, you know, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and UFC, which is uh, part of, which Conor McGregor's part of. I wonder if the league withholds taxes like you would i mean you're basically yes you're an employee of a team if you're playing for you know the the san francisco 49ers you're an employee of that team and when you get your check that team withholds your taxes right, right. um and i'm curious to know if the ufc does the same so maybe conor mcgregor won't have to think and one thing i do want to say you know when floyd mayweather says he's going to make 100 million um it's floyd mayweather floyd mayweather uh, then will distribute, you know, whatever his uh, percentages that he pays his people. But Conor McGregor's purse, uh, I don't think, and I may be wrong. Maybe they may be saying that, you know, Conor's cut is a hundred million. But I believe that the UFC is getting a piece of that too. So I, I'm curious to know what Conor McGregor is going to get, you know, before taxes, uh, unless they worked it uh, where. You know, he's getting $100 million, UFC is getting money, and Floyd's getting money. It is a lot of money. No wonder uh, they're hoping that people buy that. But I recommend that you do not buy this fight. I mean, what a ripoff that's going to be, Sal. Oh, it's going to be incredibly. So, and you know what? We're going to talk about this fight right up to the first bell. And, uh, you know, we're going to predict the rounds. We're going to predict a knockout. We're going to predict this, that, and everything else. And, you know, it's uh, it, but I, one thing is going to be, it's going to be a farce. It's not a fight. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And you know what? Conor McGregor, sure. Can you run across the ring and just go through a barrage of punches and just be a uh, nasty bad boy? Just just try to hammer away and, and catch Floyd? 
If he's smart and quick enough, maybe. But uh, you know, that's going to be hard task to yeah, do. It ain't going to happen. Lloyd, uh, it ain't Lloyd's very evasive. No, nah, it's not going to happen. Hold that thought, nah, Sal. We're going to take a short break, and uh, when we get back, uh, we'll finish uh, uh, discussing uh, that. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us today and uh don't forget we want you to be with us on uh, beautiful saint simon's island the weekend of uh, august 25th and 26th it's a friday and saturday and of course the 27th uh, for breakfast uh, we're doing a uh, uh two full day and half uh, day event uh sal and i will be uh, hosting it uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, like uh, you'll be able to rub elbows and uh, munch out with uh, uh, former uh, world champions uh, Mike Weaver and uh, Bobby Chez and uh, Sherman Henson, a trainer, will be coming. We've got a bunch of other people uh, on our list, which we'll be talking about soon. We'll be doing a golf outing. We'll be filming another episode of uh, Billy C's Boxing Revisit It. Uh, a lot of stuff, Sal. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, brother. A lot of stuff. I'd like to do a boxing ex- exhibition, or maybe, uh, or maybe uh, just work with your trainer friend over well, there. Well, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. So you better start getting. You better train gonna, to be I'm trained. Gonna, I'm gonna lose about twenty Sh- pounds in in in, in uh, Sherman, eighteen months, and I'm teasing. Sherman's going to work your ass off, is what he's. Gonna I know do. he is. I'm going to get those mitts ready and forget about it. You know, we we're talking about earlier today. We we're talking about Floyd Dum Dum Mayweather in the IRS. Um, I mean, really, this is a guy that uh, uh, should get all his ducks in a row. I mean, um, you know, I, with all seriousness, he does have an opportunity if he's disciplined enough, and he's definitely has shown discipline inside inside the ring, um, not so much outside the ring. But here's a time when he's really got to suck it up, Sal. And uh, you know, after he makes uh, whatever he's going to make from the uh, from the McGregor fight. I, if I were him, I'd pay off not only all the outstanding IRS debt, but pay the current one, too, because he's going to owe just as much after the McGregor fight, right? Tell you why. He should just sign the whole thing over to the uh, government, the whole check, $200 million, or <laughs> whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, and he should be ringside for the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight. And before that fight happens, he should go in the ring saying, I want to fight the winner. Yeah. And that'll be his retirement. Okay, here's what you got to do right now. Pinch right. your arm because I think you fell asleep. I think you're you're in a you're in a dream right now cuz Floyd would never do that. <laughs> Floyd only Listen, the toughest fight he's been in, the biggest challenge he's been in is against the IRS. Uh one last thing I wanted to say, uh you know, Manny Pacquiao. Uh you know, are you surprised after now that we found out that they, you know, the WBO assigned these other judges and, uh, you know, obviously didn't hear, um, you know, Teddy Atlas screaming and saying it was a robbery and Stephen A. Screaming A. Smith screaming in the studio saying it was a robbery. Are you surprised 
that the judges who reviewed this gave it to Horn. I mean, there's no doubt that Horn was the aggressor, but even, you know, and, and, and you know, I look at it as uh, entertainment purposes only, but the punch stats seem to be uh, skewed as well. They seem to have been favoring what Teddy was saying. I mean, how does the WBO review this with not one, not two, not three, not four, but five judges and basically majority, three of them, having uh, Jeff Horn win again? Are you surprised? You know, I'm not really surprised. Like I said, when I saw that fight, I, I looked at it three times as well. And and when I wasn't judging, just looking at it for entertainment purposes, I thought Jeff Horn won. And then when I saw it and did the judging originally, yeah, I thought Pacquiao won. But when I tightened it up and did each increment of one round as, as three round, separate rounds, again, I had uh, Pacquiao winning by one point. But there was no real dominant winner. And it could have gone either way. And you can make a big argument in case that Jeff Horn not only was the aggressor, but you know what? I have memories of that fight right now. I'm seeing Manny Pacquiao's back on the ropes and Jeff Horn pounding body shots and head shots and just dominating Manny Pacquiao. That when I bring that fight to mind, that's the picture I have right now. It's not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what I picture. I don't see there was few times that Manny did land and you know what the ninth round it's a shame he couldn't capitalize on that and come back that strong with the 10th round but uh, like I said I got to give Jeff Horn some credit I don't think he's going to be a world beater I don't think he's going to be on top for that many uh, years uh, with these other big great champions out there but I think what he did that night he did it he rose to the occasion he beat Manny Pacquiao and he should be celebrated for doing that Yep, and uh, as far as Manny Pacquiao. Take the uh, rematch, Manny. Well, it's not up. Manny would take it in a second, but uh, um, Freddie Roach uh, crying. There's a trail of tears all the way from uh, the wild card gym to, uh, <laughs> he didn't to the Philippines. He did say goodnight to me. <laughs> and, and like you he said. He hasn't called me. He hasn't said goodnight to me. Well, he hasn't called me yet. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't Sorry. said. He hasn't like said a rough goodnight. date. No, but the, 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 the biggest part of the and thing I'm is. I'm for my purse, Manny. I needed that 10%, man. I got to get plane fare to go home. The biggest thing he said was, I haven't been paid yet. You know, so he made that pretty uh, public. Oh. And quite honestly, I don't know what he deserves at this. I mean, he deserves his, his cut, whatever it is. But uh, he didn't give any, he didn't give Manny Pacquiao any uh, constructive uh, instruction in the corner. I, I, I think he failed Manny, to be honest with you. Like I said, I, I will like a picture. When you talk about great trainers, you know, I, I'll say it again. I say it every day. You know, I just picture Angelo Dundee in the corner of Sugar Ray Leonard when he was getting beat by Tommy Hearns. You're blowing it, babe. You're blowing it. You got to go out there and do something. Boom. And, you know, he did. Sugar Ray Leonard went out there like a locomotive that next round, and they stopped it. Well, uh, there's been uh, uh, fighters that ha have done That's that. Great. Um, DeMarco, uh, Antonio DeMarco, I'll never forget that fight. Uh, he was losing, losing, losing. In the 11th round, his trainer says, uh, well, you need a knockout to win. You got to go out there and knock him out. And DeMarco, all calm and cool, collective, goes, okay. And then in the 11th round, boom, <laughs> well, knocks hey. out Linares. And, and, and that's the end of that. And I'm saying, well, why? he should have told him that after the third round. You know, I mean, what's up with that? But uh, anyway, hey, don't forget, tomorrow uh, we have a Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. And we're going to be doing our blast from the past tomorrow. 
uh, with Alex Papali, and it's on Floyd. No, 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 not that Floyd. It's on Floyd Patterson, former uh, world uh, heavyweight champion and boxing Hall of Famer. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Floyd Patterson, and uh, what a great guy. I had the uh, uh, pleasure uh, of meeting uh, uh, Floyd many times. As, an, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the first times I ever met him, uh, I'll share a funny story with you guys tomorrow. Um, and uh, it is uh, uh, kind of what got me into managing fighters because very shortly after that, I, I brought a fighter uh, who's no longer with us, my man uh, Tony Corrado, uh, up to uh, you know his gym in New Pulse into uh, Floyd Patterson's gym and uh, Tony was training out of there but uh, anyway on this day July 11th in 1936 Freddie Steele uh, wins a 15 round decision over Babe Risco uh, to win the NBA and New York State World Middleweight titles that took place in Seattle um, you know, it's funny that the New York State World title was on the line and they fought in Seattle, but uh, it was a mixed, crazy mixed-up world back then, I'll tell you that. Uh, on this day, July 11th in 1961, Terry Downs uh, knocks out Paul Pender in the 10th round to win the World Middleweight title took place in London. On this day in 1977, Wilfredo Gomez knocks out Raul uh, Arado, Toronto, I'm sorry, in the fifth round to retain the WBC World Junior Featherweight title, and that took place in San Juan, Puerto Rico. On this day in 1992, Gianfranco Rossi wins a 12-round decision over Gilbert Deal to retain the IBF World Junior Middleweight title took place in Monte Carlo. On this day in 1996, Riddick Bowe beats Andrew Galata uh, via a seventh-round disqualification to improve to 39-1 in their uh, scheduled 12-round uh, fight, uh, Galata loses for the first time and drops to uh, 21, uh, I'm sorry, 28 and 1. This was a fight that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. And finally, on this day, July 11th in 1949, the best ever, Sugar Ray Robinson wins a 15-round decision over Kid Gavilan to retain the world welterweight title, and that took place in Philadelphia. A uh, little uh, side note, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson uh, never lost as a welterweight, and uh, unfortunately uh, for us, the boxing fans, a lot of his fights as a welterweight uh, film and footage of these fights were lost forever. And uh, because of that, a lot of young fans don't give him the recognition that he deserves, which is ludicrous, as Mike Tyson would say. Because uh, the true and the best ever in the sport of boxing was no doubt Sugar Ray Robinson. Don't you think so, Sal? I think so, too. I mean, I love Sugar Ray Robinson. He just was uh, art in motion, I'll tell you why, especially as a welterweight. And um, I don't think we'll see too many fighters like him in the future. And, uh, you know, that's why you can look at all the Floyd Mayweathers and all the other fighters. And uh, you had some great fighters coming from that middleweight division, as you do great fighters coming from every division. But uh, uh, he was definitely king of the welterweights. And uh, all round, pound for pound, I, it's a good argument and debate. I don't know if there was too many better. No, there was. I mean, you could make an argument, Henry Armstrong, maybe Joe Gantz. Henry Armstrong know. was great. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, but uh, but I don't know. But uh, anyway. Um Listen, we got a busy show scheduled for you guys tomorrow, so uh, make sure uh, you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. 
Until then, ciao, baby. Da na 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 na